0: The most beautiful woman I know uh, tells a story about a time her and a group of coworkers went out to lunch to go eat, and it 's just like any other time coworkers go out to eat. Gloria says they were all sitting around. who'd you think I was talking about? lunch you can't take her anywhere, Golly. But they were sitting around having lunch just like normal, and uh, it was a good time, and everything was going fine. I think until the waiter, who had already had a few mishaps along the way, happened to accidentally spill an entire glass of water on one of the women who was sitting there at the table. I don't know if that's ever happened to any of you, so I don't know if you put yourself in that situation. Maybe what would you do? What would you say? What would be your initial response? But I always remembered what Gloria said This woman's response was, of course, the waiter was very apologetic. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please let me help. And she said, honey, no. This morning I woke up and I prayed to God for patience and he gave me you. (laughs) Now, I'm pretty sure that's not the the most uh, rude thing you could say or the most uh, 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 not so nice thing you could say at that time. But I've thought about it before again and wondered. Was that the most encouraging thing to say? Funny. But I think sometimes you and I as the body of Christ, we miss so many opportunities to be an encouragement to the world. You all know the political climate of our country today. You all know how people talk over one another. You all know how people hold grudges against each other. You all know how families fight the way they fight. You all know how co-workers can plot against other coworkers. You know, you all know what it's like to live in a world where people don't seem to want to take the time to be an encouragement. And then we wonder what happened to us. Well, I'm going to suggest to you today that as the body of Christ, as Easter people, part of who we are is ensuring that we take the time to encourage our world. When you encourage something, you're giving something. You're giving someone hope. You're giving someone inspiration. You're giving them some kind of message. It's something that you give. And I think when you and I consider how much God has given to us, then the natural response to that is to take time to consider, to strongly consider how we can thoughtfully give encouragement. It's just like this uh, next Sunday's Mother's Day. Right. And everybody knows every husband, every father is already thoughtfully planning what they are going to do for next Sunday, aren't they? They wouldn't just wait till Saturday evening to say, oops, uh oh, I better go get something for that special mom in my life. They would never do anything like that, would they? No, you matter of fact, they've been planning for weeks. Oh, I can't wait till that Sunday when I can honor and give thanks for the women in my life who I consider to be godly women. Right? It's just like that, isn't it? Careful. You see. Encouragement is something you give, and I think when you and I thoughtfully find ways, look for ways that we can be an encouragement, the world around us, sisters and brothers, could be better. The people around us could be better, and we just might be able to see God in a new way. You know, the Apostle Paul, he's been out doing Apostle Paul kinds of things. An apostle is someone who is sent out. Right. I think we've talked about that as, as disciples. We believe we follow. But the apostles have been given a particular call. And that call is to be sent out into the world to preach the gospel. So the Apostle Paul is out. He's been out and he has been teaching. and He receives a vision that there is a there's a people in a particular place crying out to him and to his ministry team. And in this vision, he hears the people say, come and help us. Don't you know? that Even today, all these years later, the world still has that same prayer. Help us. That's why God gave the world the church. We were supposed to be a help to the world. Because. In and of itself, Scripture tells us the world doesn't know what it's doing. The world doesn't know about God. The world doesn't know what pure divine love looks like. and so the church is God's gift to that world to show them. So Paul has this vision and he hears these people come and help us, please. And so Paul and his team, they, they make their way and as they go, they look for a, pa- a place to pray. They see a group of women and they begin to uh, to teach them why cuz they're Easter people, Easter people can't help it. They have to teach and they have to reach out. It's all there sisters and brothers. And as they're teaching, they meet a particular woman named Lydia. You and I, we don't know a whole lot about Lydia. We've made some assumptions about her. She is some kind of dealer in purple cloth, which may uh, suggest to us that she may have some kind of uh, uh, prosperity. She may be uh, a woman of good fortune. Uh, she may or may not be married anymore. She, she may have uh, an incredible amount of wealth. But other than that, we don't know too much about who she was when Paul met her. But there By the water, Paul began to preach and to teach, and the people began to listen. Those women there were captivated by what he was teaching, Lydia included. So much so that Luke tells us that Lydia and her entire household are baptized. That means that she heard everything Paul had to say about Jesus and said, I want to follow him. I want myself, I want my entire household to follow him. In other words, she could be saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Similar to something you and I have said probably many times. So Lydia listens to Paul. She opened her heart and accepted the gospel. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. We consider Lydia, all these years later, to be the first convert in what we call Europe. That she was the first person to come to faith in Jesus Christ in this, in this place, in this part of the world. But if you look at these few lines about her here in this story, it's obvious she doesn't know that. <laughs> it's obvious she doesn't have any idea that all these years later, the church, many people in the church have found in her example... And her witness to be faithful have found something worth um, um, mirroring their life after. Lydia is a saint in the church. She has been for a long time. People have seen her response. People have seen the way she responded to Paul's message, and they have followed suit. But it appears to us today that Lydia doesn't know that about herself. She doesn't know that later on she will be an inspiration. She doesn't know that later on her faith will help other people in their walk with God. And I say that because I want to remind you in verse 15, and Luke says, "She, when she and her household were baptized, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, please stay at my home. And I guess that's key, because even after Christ has been raised, even after we've heard the good news, even after we've heard of what God was willing to do for us, sometimes we still wonder, am I good enough? Essentially, that's what Lydia was asking Paul if you have found me to be faithful in what I'm doing so far, if you found me to be good enough, Paul, would you and your friends stay with me? Even some of us who have been going to church all of our lives still wrestle with our worth. Am I good enough? Let me tell you the answer to that, sisters and brothers. No, you are not. None of us are. None of us are worth what God was doing. None of us are worth what God was willing to do. But God did it anyway. And so in a God kind of way, that makes us worth it. Are you all with me? You don't have to worry if you're good enough. No, we're not. But we're God's and that makes us good enough. You don't have to keep worrying. Oh, am I doing this right? Oh, will God love me if I do this? Yes, God will love you. Because it's not based on you. It's not based on me. It's based on who God is. It's a good thing it's not up to us. But what God has told us, I think what we see in Scripture is that even though we know that, we hear that, even though we can be encouraged by that, sometimes we still struggle with it. And I think that's where the church comes in. Because I've seen it all too often. I know some of you have as well. Some of you have experience where the church has not wanted to be an encouraging witness to people. When someone's feeling down, you know what? Since you're down, let me tell you why you're down. Let me tell you what you should have done to not get down in the first place. Let me tell you how bad you were to get down there. And that if you have listened to me and to, be, to begin with, you wouldn't be down there right now. Church people don't say stuff like that, do they? Church people do, but Easter people better not. Because Easter people know that kicking someone when they're down isn't doing anything for them. That our job is to encourage that person who's down. That job is to encourage that person, to give them, to show them that there is faith, that they have strength enough to be able to stand up again. There may come a time later on when they can evaluate what got them there to begin with, but right now our job is to pick them up. You remember that story of the Good Samaritan, right? Where the, the man's on the side of the road. He gets beat by robbers or whatever. And there's one person that says, I ain't going over it. Another person says, I ain't going over there. Third person comes down, the the Samaritan, the person who's supposed to be oh so unholy and oh so unrighteous. He goes to the man and he puts him on his donkey. He takes him to the hotel. He makes sure he has everything he needs. He pays for everything he needs and says, when I come back, I'll pay for everything else that's had to happen since I was gone. Realize what didn't happen in that story. The man didn't stumble across the man and say, Hi, hey, you got what you deserve. Why are you walking by yourself? Why, how would you get caught by these people? And yet sometimes that's what we do as the body of Christ. We are to encourage the world, not to beat it up. The world's good enough at beating itself up. It doesn't need us to help. Y'all with me? Some of you uh, recognize the name. Scott Kelly. Scott Kelly is an American astronaut who recently came home from his year long stay in space. He is the American with the uh, who's been in space the most time uh, during uh, one visit. And since his return home to Earth, he's, he's been having, he goes through it, probably another year-long battery of tests where they try to figure out what the effects on the human body and on the human uh, psyche and mind are when they're in space that long. And you, you should go Google it. You should read it and see about some of the things that they're finding out. And one thing that just stuck out to me uh, so much is that in his time in space, in the year that he was gone, when he got back, he grew two inches. You heard that? He came back two inches taller than he was when he first left. And what we're finding out is what happens is when he was on earth, there was no gravity. And so his back was able to kind of... Because for all that time that he had been on earth, you know what gravity does? It pulls you down, right? And when he got a chance to get out of the grips of gravity, when he had a chance to get out of the chains of gravity... He was able to stand up just a little bit taller. Oh, some of you know where I'm going with that, don't you? (laughs) That will almost preach itself. Almost. And I think that's what it is, sisters and brothers, that we have to see that the people around us, the people in our lives, we don't know what's weighing them down. We don't know what's pulling them down. It may be something that they've been dealing with for years and for years. It may be something in their family. It may be something in their mind. It may be a health condition. It may be something at work. It doesn't matter what it really is. Something is weighing them down. God didn't tell you, hey, go find out why they're so grumpy. God says, go serve them. And while you go serve them, encourage them, build them up. When you encourage them, when you build them up, they just might tell you what's on their mind. They might just be willing to trust you to say, you know what? Why don't you pray for me that God would lift me up? Because that's where this all began. You remember Easter Sunday. I reminded you that it doesn't. uh, Scripture didn't say he is risen. It's he has been raised. And as Easter people, we've been raised, too. And as Easter people. Part of what we can do for a world that is burdened by trouble, and fear, and greed, dishonesty, and so many other things, is to not jump on them back and make them go down further, but it's to encourage them. It's to use our words to be a blessing to people. It's to use our presence to surprise people with grace. It's to be the very real presence of God for those people who need it most. We always say, well, you never know what people are going through. But boy, we sure do act like it sometimes. We think we have people figured out. We think we know why people say what they say and why people do what they do. Trust me, sisters and brothers, if you had any idea, idea, you would fall to your knees right now and beg God for forgiveness for the things that you have thought about other people. So quit. And instead, that's being an encouraging presence in the world. Let's be a people who will say, I don't know why you acting the way you are. <sighs> but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. If you're on this planet with me, that means God loves you just as much as he loves me. And that's all I need to know about you right now. Use your words. Use your actions to be an encouragement to someone in a very real way. Be the encouraging coworker, not the one who gossips like everybody else. Be an encouraging spouse, not the one that people make jokes about. Be an encouraging parent. Be an encouraging church member. Please be an encouraging church member. As Easter people, let's remember that God through the power of the Holy Spirit, has raised Christ, has raised us, and has given us words and faith so that we can go help raise other people too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.